Hello everyone, welcome to Tavern Talks on the Heights Network. I am Dean, and I'm joined today by my good friend James. Hey guys. Do you want to go through some of these um, these questions we got on the uh, other one? Yes. Try and rattle through a few of these. Yes, please. Right, so... Um, what have we got? We've got... The first one is... Uh, have you seen the community change? Uh, well, that one's addition to addition. Like... I, I honestly can't comment too strongly on that one. Like my large experience, you know, of prior editions is realistically, you know, when I was a child and my experience is in terms of the way the game played is very, very limited. So I don't think I can really comment all that much on that one. I, I think um, in terms of the way 5e has evolved, like I actually, you know, other than Hasbro, you know, being nonces recently and <laughs> it's, been nonces. Really, it's been pretty like pretty good like i think the the i think i i i, I wouldn't be surprised if really it's just some exec at hasbro that played silly buggers yeah really there um and really because like the team that i think the team that actually ran you know like with with, with crawford and all that behind it was was, was solid really mm. i don't think the the way they i think maybe you have more comments because i've actually not followed all that debacle well, that closely yeah we did just because of you know being semi publishers i guess because we we'd written a few one shots and things and we were like how does this all affect us um it does feel like what you say it feels like somebody who stepped in from outside of the game itself because yeah. they built this game among, um, on community yeah. for years and years and years mm. and they were the golden child yeah, yeah, yeah. why would you mess that up yeah. except in a money grooming external exercise it doesn't really make any sense yeah. that's the only thing that makes that only, that's the only thing that makes sense to me mm. right I think they've looked at something like the game growing and they've looked at the, the potential money pool with the game growing and realised, oh, we've probably not cashed in as much as we could have done. And then yeah. ignoring the fact that the reason why it was growing was because of this, because of the OGL. You know, like, yeah. you know because of the, yeah. uh, well, 1.0. You know, because you allow people to come in and contribute, that's why it grows. You know, yeah. that's... A, yeah. the, or look, to, to take a gaming example, look at Minecraft. Minecraft is an ancient fucking game, and... You Mojang now under Microsoft have just slowly allowed the thing to build as a base game, but not really change that much. But the reason it's done so well is because they, the modders, have absolute free reign to do whatever they want. Mm. And mm. I think it's the same with the thing. Like yeah, yeah. It, you know, you've got amazing creators like Matt Mercer writing, you know, things that are linked to their studio, and it's absolutely amazing. Yeah. Right? And now you're going to scare people like that who write and make their money based around your product you're going to scare them off yeah. so what else are you going to do you're going to make them think I'm watching an interesting interview it was complete speculation but there was some you know interviews where the where Mercer was like you know hinting maybe that they were looking at maybe making their own sister or uh, well, stuff like that you know? I'm not being funny but based on the content the critical role have published so far and how somebody like Matt Mercer and critical role do their game I'd be interested in it. I would, I, I'd, I'd I probably, would. you know, jump over and at least try it. At least try yeah. to do like because, a one shot in that yeah. system, and then just you know. Because to, to be honest, the main the main reason I use Five E is because I know the system. Yeah. And it has everything that I. The other systems that I've tried, and I haven't tried loads. I often think there's something missing. 
There's, mm. en- there's enough complexity and depth to 5e that you've usually got most things covered. Mm. But there's not too much complexity that you're feeling something missing. We're getting, you know, we learn a lot from the community on TikTok and, you know, people people often come over to our Instagram and, like, have long discussions with us, which is really good. And, like, as an example, if I post a question or something, mm-hmm. I often find people just saying things like, oh, um, this random TTRPG that you've never heard of has a rule for that. Sometimes you've heard of them, like Call of Cthulhu or yeah. like Pathfinder, as an yeah. example. Sometimes it's just like a random TTRPG. You've never heard of it. No one's ever spoken before, and they'll say, "Oh, that has a rule for this." Yeah. And it's like, "Okay, I've, I've done that." Have you, okay. have you brought any of the rules? What rules have you brought over from the games? We've done uh, oh, D- don't worry about the game. Maybe just explain the rule. Perhaps, yeah. Or... Okay. So I had um, we mentioned Ghost of Salt Marsh earlier. Yeah. I was really disappointed with its lack of um i guess rules around like or even just advice on like ship based like naval combat yeah. like ship based combat like when you're on seas and you're fighting another boat uh, or ship mm-hmm. and there's uh, and i went and found uh, just a youtube video actually where somebody was basically analyzing ghost of salt marsh for ship to ship combat and they were like to be honest with you that rule makes sense, this one doesn't, this one doesn't, and I recommend that you do a mixture between the rules in there and this other system. And then they went over the things like morale of the crew and things Mm -hmm. like that, and they went over that, and they were basically just like, do a bit of that and do a bit of this other one. And I only planned to be at sea for like three games or something anyway, and I ended up just taking a, a bastardized version of that video's content, yeah. used it in the game, and said to my guys at the table, here's how it's going to work for a couple of games, I'll track it, we'll do it like that, and then we basically don't have to think about it again. So yeah. it was yeah. it, it was just, I couldn't name the game, I couldn't name yeah, the yeah, rules, yeah. but it was kind of like, yeah, you, you, you can't be afraid of running of moving away from like a core rulebook no, no. or something in, in your system. No, no. I've used, I think it's, I think it's, uh, is it Apocalypse now or out of it, out Apocalypse? There's an Apocalypse system basically, and it uses uh, d6s for everything. Right, yeah. And the premise there is similar to, um, in some premise to the you know, the, the, the symbol based system I was using mm-hmm. before. And in that one, what you'll do is you'll have um, a varying degree of hardness, um, and what you'll do is you'll roll uh, th- you'll roll a number of d6s. So you, you so what you would do is you roll classic the classic rolls you roll three d sixes mm-hmm. on a um, on on the and, there's basically, and it basically brackets into three. I think I think what it actually is, is if you'll you'll roll more or less d sixes based on proficiency in stuff or skill in stuff and things like this, um, and if you can argue why you would add more more another d six, you get to add another d six. That's interesting. So and, and and it's something like if you roll like one to four you're failing if you roll um, the middle box the middle bracket whatever the numbers would be I can't remember the middle right now you'll succeed but there's a consequence mm-hmm. and then if you get the top bracket the really good roll you succeed and nothing there's, there's no, no consequence. consequence yeah cool and that's something that I have used when doing more esoteric stuff yeah, yeah, like yeah. if it's not like a specific skill challenge that these skills apply right mm. and it's just we want to move the story forward um like i think actually i used it when i when the when the when the um 
the party were doing a big old montage repairing and fixing up this derelict tower of theirs mm-hmm. and and I had them narrate to me what was happening what they were trying to achieve and I would then you know based on how many people were involved and based on you know the, the skills involved and descriptions of the, the players hand to me I would say okay you're going to roll this many dice let's see if you succeed or how well you succeed yeah, that's right? interesting because everyone, I wasn't going to let them complete it wasn't like the tower was going to fall down it was yeah, just to yeah. narratively move things forward yeah um, and have some element of keeping that so it's not just narrative storytelling like oh well we build the tower it looks perfect it yeah. looks beautiful cool um, yeah you know, I well, said. Yeah. D- I guess D and D's version of that, without including a separate rule, is advantage or, yes, or disadvantage. Yeah. But it's kind of advantage adds a lot. It does. You know? um, I think advantage and disadvantage are great, but I think when you're the re- what I was looking for in that montage sequence was the was an element of failure, but it's not. It's it's really we're just telling a story at this point. We're not trying to the, the player characters aren't necessarily even involved. They're directing. Yeah, you know, yeah. They're, they're acting as site managers, right? There's there's there's, yeah. there's the four PCs and they've got this. They've 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 gone out at this point. They've hired in workers from the deep the deep the the, the, the evil dwarves. They've got mm. their kobolds helping. They've you know they're they're having um the the, the wizard is helping get the library set up or whatever them they're choosing to do, and it was a way for us to. It was a way for me partly to prompt um, the players as to how they were developing the tower, mm. how they were building the tower, how they were fixing up the tower, and if there were failures at that point, it was it was between me and the players to decide how we thought those failures or those successes would look. Mm. And because it was much more, it was much looser, you know. If there was a specific example, like I want my character to lift big stones in a place with her. Yeah. but we're getting into the minutia at that yeah, point yeah, yeah. when it's we're, we're, we're talking over a span of weeks yeah mm, you know like, like generally what are you going to do rather yeah, than yeah. today I am doing this yeah exactly yeah exactly. it's not like we're not we're not breaking it down into the real, real close bits mm. it's much, much looser well in that respect I think maybe we can give a little bit of DM advice because I know how I do these but I want to know how you do these mm. things like group skill checks yeah. or like I use them in travel to make travel interesting instead of saying you walk from town A to town B I'll often say to the group as an example here's what the terrain looks like here's the environment here's typical wildlife you might find in the area whatever yeah. um, tell me each of you individually how your character is going to mm. help this journey mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then normally they lean on th- strengths you know that they're good at like if there's a very dexterous character it'll be like I'm gonna climb this tree and I'm gonna look out and, and make sure the direction's clear or whatever like yeah. you know yeah. um, if it's a strong character yeah. they might say things like I'm gonna if there's any boulders in the way I'm gonna be the one that moves them yeah. or you know let's say there's a, a tree in the path I'm gonna lift it and blah yeah, blah yeah. blah so and I'll, I'll make sure each individual character Tells me spotlight. what their job is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I'm not going to tell them because you're the strong one. Do this or whatever. Yeah. I'm just going to. Yeah. I, I, and that's where I, taken from your rule that you mentioned a minute ago, that's where I'm going to reward creativity. So yeah, play to your strengths and everything. But if you play, if you give me something creative or, or which narratively I think is either funny or whatever, like yeah, I might yeah. say it's time to roll with advantage yeah. or yeah, you know. Definitely. 
add an extra yeah. d4 d6 whatever yeah. and that, and that's where advantage can really can really pay off yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's 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 a useful it's a useful thing to do like that that's where i think advantage works in the minutia mm. um and it can it can it can i think for me though with with it's funny actually I, in i used to roll i, I used to i think i Originally, when I re- used to use group checks, I used to have the, um, and I and I I do group checks and I don't do group checks. I fall in and out of favour with them. Mm-hmm. So, um, for example, we, the classic is the group stealth check. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the yeah. group stealth oh, oh, check, yeah, yeah. right? Of course. So, you know, you've got the, the the clanky paladin who's got disadvantage, and then you've got the that's me. You've got the <laughs> yeah. You've got the rogue who's probably got um, like. Sneaky boots, so yeah. they've got advantage. Generally, I'm not cancelling each other out. It really depends now for me on that one. Like a lot of the time, I will still use a group stealth check, but what I'll often do is um, for other skill checks, I'll do more more like what you were just talking about, and I will actually individualise mm-hmm. things because I actually found that more. If I have to call for a skill check now, I actually will often. Because they're so ambiguous. Okay, you've you've succeeded. You've succeeded. Maybe not. You've, mm. That sometimes that ambiguity can be messy. Yeah. So I actually, I've actually turned. I've actually after all, often take the average. I'll be like, okay, guys, the DC for this stealth check right now is fifteen. Right, roll. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'll have them roll, and then I will literally just do the average. Yeah. And I've actually found that that for me on particular group stealth checks, it, group checks like. Very specific example that would do that. I find that useful. It's a good way of determining is are they successful yeah. or not, rather f- than being in the weird middle ground, yeah. being like, hmm. yeah. kind of. Yeah. Like, you know, or what I will often do now is I'll have, uh, I'll sometimes I'll, I'll I'll take the passive perception, or if it's more applicable, the active perception role mm. of a guard. If it's very specific, mm-hmm. if there's like a guard that's seeing you pass, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I'll that'll that'll set the DC. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think more often than not nowadays, apart from with stealth, which is just a funny one anyway, where I part part of the reason I started averaging it by the way was because I found myself being too. Yeah, sure, that probably worked. Yeah. I I found myself being like, well, no, you've not. If they've gone, okay, you've two of you have failed. That's a clear failure. But when you're in that grey area in the middle of, I don't think so, they're not like, yeah. like, oh, let them get away with it. Oh. Yeah, right. And that's and that's the thing. Right, you don't want to you don't want to stop the fun because you've just just that. But then by quantifying it, I found that helpful. Mm. Uh, well, that's why I often now reveal DCs to play out to players. Uh, the players, I'd be like, okay, your DC for this is this. There's a specific reason for me to to hide a DC. I will, mm. right. But if there's a but if there's no real reason for me to hide this here, I'll say okay, yeah, I think the DC for this is probably 18. It's a hard check, mm. right? You're trying to convince him to give me give him your daughter, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, or whatever it might be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I'll reveal those DCs. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of like, I think there's, there's there's the grouped skill check and then group skill checks, mm-hmm. like. Um, more like what you're talking about with the wilderness survival, where they're you know, playing to their strength. Like one of the things I've I've done is um, the the party in the game have got this magical tower, um, which can actually teleport. It shifts into like the astral plane and then zips along before coming back out. Right. And there are these, but there are there's risks to it because mm-hmm. the the premise of the story is that this tower that they've reclaimed is like 
the was the was like the last of these ancient, um, you know, wizarding towers that could actually fly in the sky, but could also just move themselves around the place, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and they've jumped through lots of narrative hoops and repaired this tower, and um, it's got what's called a mithralar, which is a um, it's from it's something I've taken and homebrewed a little bit more onto from uh, earlier editions where there's this particular race uh, in the in I think it's Forbidden Realm saying at least um, I forget the name now but they um, they're a race of wizards effectively mm-hmm. and they use these mithralars to power massive floating cities and they've oh, got cool. and they're kind of like it's kind of a bit of a um, what's that sci-fi film where there's all the, the peasants on the on the surface of Earth and they've got Hunger so- Games. No, it's it's more like the, the spaceships in Earth. Like, but there's, there's a film oh, like that. Doesn't really matter. Um, but there's this, this, this clear, there was this clear divide in society, and I, and the my imagine it, and, and basically when Mister is killed in the setting, all their cities fall, and oh, their, right. their civilization collapses, the weave is disrupted, and only a very few of these of these survived. Mm. Most of them were destroyed, but they're just yeah. falling and died. Yeah. So I had this one. Um, um, yeah be in mid teleport at the time so it ah, survived cool. right yeah uh, but it was but it was but the but the owner was killed basically um so they found this derelict tower mm-hmm. um so they can then teleport this around so the back to the skill check thing so they to to for, to, for them because uh, in the setting it's not just the teleport spell yeah um it's riskier. It's like an earlier form of teleportation, and before teleportation, with the, the reason teleportation is exactly the way it works, and it's safe, and you just boom, boom. Yeah. You know, you put these runes on the floor. The reason you've got to draw the runes is because that adds that extra level of security. Mm. That's why it takes the time it does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All this stuff, right? With the tower, it's not got any of the safety features, mm. so there's an element of risk. It's much more versatile. They can go in these different places. They can do these different things, but there's an element of risk. You know, so they have to pass these skill checks, mm-hmm. and so there's, there's actually I have basically the, the, the premises that the, the, the demons that want to reclaim this tower and reclaim this now repowered Mithralar hunt them whenever they're mid teleport, whenever oh, they're going somewhere cool. in the tower. There's that risk. It's like it's like it's like when Sauron can see. It's exactly Frodo like that. when he's got the ring on. And, yeah, that, yeah, and yeah. that's actually how I narrate it. So when they're oh, in nice. this other world, they 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 have. It's not like an eye, as it were. But they, what they've got is they've got um, everything goes black and white. And it's very much like the Ring Race. Yeah. That scene on top of the Minas Mistery, Minas Ungle. I forget what it's called. But you know when Frodo first puts the ring on yeah. in the film, yeah. uh, that look when it's all black and white and the wind is blowing, mm-hmm. and actually the the party have just managed to fail their first one of these teleports, and they've just been attacked by two Balrogs. <laughs> so, wow! So, so that you know, it's 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 these things that they they see this black miasma on the in the horizon, and it, as their skill checks succeed, they move away from it and they get mm-hmm. to their goal. As mm-hmm. they fail, they move this thing game. Mm. So that that was how I narrated that, and and actually it was, and I'll often just throw in random skill checks. That's on, cool as fuck, man. Know, like. Just like that that element, mm. and I think that's a fun thing you can do is you can introduce other mechanics into the game, like like the the ability to teleport a building, but it's just nowhere near as stable and safe as just teleporting a person. That's yeah. harder. Yeah, you know yeah. these sorts of things. That's and, real interesting. And they've, man. and they've got to use they've got these like. There are these anchor waystones. So when they're in that that astral sea, as it were, they'll and, and they're on the tower's control setting. Mm-hmm. They can see these effectively lighthouses yeah. where there are places you can go. So I'm using it as a way for the party to skip 
the arduous travel montages yeah, yeah, yeah. which have now they've done loads and they're kind of bored of it, it yeah, normally, yeah. it's not really adding anything and we're just sort of I'm mostly skipping it so yeah. basically the way it works is once they've found a location with one of them they can then go back and forth Got for it. free. Yeah. So all these these it's cities, like fast travel in a game. It's, it's me adding fast travel. Yeah, yeah. That's what it, that's exactly what it was. Nice man. So it was, and it, but it was a way for them to to have their home base come with them yeah. as well. Like you know. Yeah. So they've got that. And also, it's like when you're in the Overland, you can you can have things like they've got their wagon, they travel from their gypsy wagon. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. in the Underdark, it just doesn't work. No, you know, it's just not quite as, as easy. Interesting. But it was a way for me to have these points of interest be connected. 